Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1068. To me, it's just quite simple, and it's the old adage of treating people as you wish to be treated. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ingo Schmoltz. Ingo, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I'm ready to go. All right. Ingo Schmoltz has been photographing fantastic subjects since he was a teenager. His longtime love affair with automobiles has focused his artistic energies on cars, the people that own them, and the events they appear at. Shooting for various magazines, Ingo has covered some of the most iconic motoring events in the world, including the Monterey Car Week, Via de Este, the Goodwood Revival, and many others. He's also a regular at motorsports events, including the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill, that's a cool one, where he's able to document many phases of the human condition along with the racing itself. His photography has spurred his unique artwork that started with a photograph, but through digital manipulation appears to be more of an illustration. Ingo's also starting a new company called Ganau Auto Works, which will assist people in selling their cars, as well as produce video content, t-shirts, and other cool automotive accessories. So Ingo, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your exciting career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, Mark, boy, I don't know if I can top that. You were very, uh, <laughs> very Good. And you uh, covered everything. No, uh, you know, I've been passionate about cars since I was young, but not a born passion. You know, this was more of a learned passion for me. I didn't have a family that were, were into it. I'm not second, third generation car guys. So this is very much a learned passion for me. I picked it up when I was a teenager and it just grew and grew till it became uh, just an overwhelming passion of mine. So anything that I can do in the automotive range, you know, I just, I just love to do. And, and you you meet great people, which is, is just what I try and do. Anything everywhere. Well, that's what cars are really all about. And I've learned that after a thousand sixty eight people here on Cars Yeah, is that it really is the people behind the cars, the stories, and that's the fun thing. And I'll tell you, I'll make sure I put links to Ingo's site. I love what you're doing with some of your photography. I've looked at some of these and I have to look again and go, wait, is that a photograph or is that a painting or a drawing or a wood etching? You're doing some really unique, cool things. So we're going to learn a lot more about all the cool things you do as we continue on this journey of your life. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Ingo, take the wheel. Thank you, Mark. So, you know, it's interesting. I've got a lot of quotes or mantras that I think uh, in life, you know, when I've had difficult times, I think about other things. But you know what? Rather than a specific quote, I think to me, it's just quite simple. And it's the old adage of treating people as you wish to be treated. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, this is the whole thing about this. There's so much divisive stuff in the world today, whether you're talking about religion, politics, or all these things. And if we can just strip some of that away and just treat people well, and you may make some great friendships. So that's where I always try and come from. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my mom said to me once, don't ever do anything that you wouldn't do in front of your grandmother. Don't ever say anything <laughs> that you wouldn't say in front of your grandmother. And it's a nice way to 
It, it, even to this day, I mean, I've been around for a lot of decades now, but I still hear that voice in my head and go, ah, that, what if grandma was standing here? How would I act? And it's just kind of a nice remembrance there. Even though I didn't really know my grandparents that well, they lived far away, but it's the whole notion again, the golden rule, treat others, do unto others. Yeah, it's uh, it's a way I wish the whole world would live. Um, those of us who do live that way, I think have much happier lives for sure. I hope so. I think so. I'm, in fact, I'm absolutely positive we do. Now, if you could share with us a story that instigated your personal passion for cars, go back in time and tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy. Wow. Okay. Now that does take me back. So there, there are several brief moments that kind of solidified my my passion for cars. As I mentioned, you know, my passion was learned, not born. My dad had traveled all over the world, my, as well as my mom. And so when uh, when I was born, we basically moved to California. And unfortunately, I lost my dad at, at twelve, so I didn't have him as a as a car role model, if you will. So it kind of just percolated over time. So I guess it started with my uncle in Southern Cal. He didn't have anything too special, an AMC Rebel, AMC Ambassador, but the attention to detail that he had with these cars, he was always working on them, had them, kept them so perfect, and his garage was perfect, and that just really struck a chord with me. I know my first car was was actually that Rebel Station Wagon, but then I found out that my mom had this car that I didn't really know that much about. It was a Datsun 510. Oh, cool. <laughs> and one day, I think, you know, I was, I was literally a sophomore in high school, and I found out about Pete Brock and the racing, and I went, holy cow, you can do that with that car? And then it was like, mom, sorry, we're trading cars. And, and then the 510 was, you know, the first thing. Very briefly, I guess, I guess the two other really quick things that solidified it was I moved to, uh, to England after college. I knew that I loved cars and I was, but I didn't know exactly what I loved. I mean, I loved going fast and, uh, I never had a lot of high horsepower, but, you know, I loved handling a car and I love beautiful shapes. I've always been drawn to pretty things. So we're up in the Lake District driving around. And if you've ever been up in the Lake District. It's just gorgeous. And there's these little old cobbled streets. And then as you imagine, it sounds, you know, lots of trees and then rolling hills and lakes. And I'm, I'm out there one morning and it's foggy and there's this white car parked uh, way down the road. And I'm like, is that a Jag? That kind of looks like a Jag. Yeah. And I walk up and I go, no, it's an MG. I'm like, what's this car? And I find out now it was a white 57 MGA. Oh, yeah. But it was, yeah. it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the sort of stuff that, you know, you could drive every day. And how cool is this? And then while I was, was out in England, I visited my cousin in Germany and I hadn't met him in like 15 years. And my other cousin had said, you know, he's kind of a car guy. He's got a Rolls Royce and some other stuff. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And he was into Formula One like I was. And so I went over there and I met him and uh, his wife was was there and said, okay, you know, to my cousin, you got to take him into the garage. So I go into the garage and I always remember this as I'm passing the door, I first see a Porsche 930 turbo. And I'm like, mm. wow, that's amazing. That's not a Rolls. I, I much prefer this. <laughs> yeah. And then I kept turning and I see something red. My jaw just dropped. And my girlfriend said she was watching me, watching him watching me. And I'm just looking at him like, that is a Ferrari F40. There were, you know, Whoa. like 100 made in the world. Oh my God, this is a Formula One, you know, yeah. car wrapped around made for streets. And I'm just going off. My cousin was very successful in business and he had several cars, but that was clearly his special car he had gotten, you know, maybe six months prior. 
And I think all of his friends had said, yeah, it's another red Ferrari. Very nice. <laughs> so I come in and I'm like stouting all the statistics and how amazing it is. And, and he was pretty dialed in. We then took that car up to over 310 kilometers. Uh. And I think that pretty much solidified my passion for uh, Yeah, I think that would do it. And of course, the 510, what a cool car. You know, I was just, I took a break yesterday um, and it was having lunch. I turned the TV on and watched a little bit of Wheeler Dealer with Mike Brewer, who's been a guest oh, here yeah. on the show. And I they, saw that. Yeah, they're restoring a little blue 510. And of course, the 510 with Peter Brock and the BRE, the history there is is iconic. And I don't know if you're aware of, Peter has a car that, called the Dotzilla. I'm not aware of that, that car. Yeah, no. a little 510 that's got a LS engine in it. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Just crazy car. I got to spend a day with that once with him, uh, photographing and things like that. Well, I'll tell you something. I, my, my wife, we were obviously meant to be together. She's a car gal herself. You know, so I talk about my first car being a 510. Her first car? BMW 2002. Oh, so it's perfect. Like, yeah. How perfect is that? So I said, we got to save up our shekels and buy Alpha GTV, and then we will have completed the cycle of 70s sedan racers, right? <laughs> I so, think so. Oh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Oh, GTVs are better yet a GTA. Save save a few more shackles. Oh, it'll, yeah. That'll take a while. <laughs> it'll take a few more for sure. <laughs> well, what I want to do now is take a look at the many roads you've driven down, talk about a big challenge or a big failure you face. And of course, the most important thing about these things we encounter in life and business are the lessons they teach us. So walk us through one of yours. Well, you know, that's, that's interesting. So I've always tried to straddle business along with artistic. So I've always done my, my car uh, related business businesses, but then I've always done something else to try and make some cash, you know, and uh, and so now I've, uh, I actually run the sales and marketing side of a little consumer electronics company, as well as doing all my car art stuff. So it's from early on when I lost my dad at, at 12, it was, my mom was amazing. And, you know, after I finished college, I, I kind of left for England and went out on my own. And I always realized I had no safety net. And I think that was definitely a challenge, but it emboldened me to make friends and, and kind of scrape by. You know, there there were times that I did not have much to my name as I was making my way in in the world at a, as a you know 21 year old, and it taught me so much. The first thing I did as a job in England was I was a store manager, or I very quickly got to a store manager of a Dixons, which is a consumer electronics company, and I'm I'm managing guys that are 45, 50 years old, and you know how do you do that at 22, 23? <laughs> yeah, tough deal. You better learn. You yeah. better learn quick. And so that that definitely was a, was a lesson. And you know, since like a lot of people, I faced things like uh, you know I, I was divorced. At one point, I had a company that basically went under, and definitely, you know, and then I had a I had a Saint Bernard that was uh, had cancer, all within six months of each other. Oh gosh! And you, and you kind of think, wow, how how does this all happen? How am I going to get out of this? But gosh, in light of Anthony Bourdain and all these uh, terrible depression and suicides out there, you know, I guess the only thing I can say is, you know, today tomorrow is going to be better. You just have to get through today and reach out to your friends. And I, I certainly have wonderful ones. And any tough time I had, I just kept that uh, that thought in mind: keep your head down, wait for tomorrow, and talk to somebody every day that lifts you up. So yeah, well, the takeaway there is talk to people. I think that's the absolute key. When you when you learn of people that you see as so successful, we see so many, say, celebrities, musicians, uh, people who take their own lives that from the outside, all of us go, how, why, would, why would you be unhappy? You're a superstar. And I think the the key is you talk to friends of them afterwards and they, they hadn't talked to them. They hadn't, you know, shared with them. So I think the takeaway there, when you encounter these difficult times in life, Losing a job, losing a pet, losing a family member, whatever it might be, reach out to people because, you know, most people want to help you. 
They really do. You just got to open the door a, a bit and let them in and have, and find people that are good listeners so they can just sit and listen and let it all out. You know? So here's a tip. Get a nice car. Go to Cars and Coffee, right? Because yes. <laughs> you, you sit there and you talk to people and uh, the first five minutes about the cars. And then what happens? Oh, 30 minutes talking about everything else, yeah. right? And you've met a new friend. And that's that's just amazing. Yeah. And you don't even need a fancy car to go to Cars and Coffee. You know, I mean, you, you can do it on a really cheap budget. Find something cool, interesting that doesn't cost much. It could be a little ratty car, too. In fact, these days, people like those old cars that aren't restored. I mean, they're telling me the ratty cars are getting all the attention. At I these know. Cars. The more rust, the better. The more patina, the better. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. I'm assuming you had a bunch of these in your life, but pick one out that really had great meaning for you and share it with us, would you? Sure. Wow. Yeah. I, I guess I go back to that first one, which was I had uh, I had spent six months uh, in between college class, uh, college semesters in London. I was dating a gal in London who, uh, you know, long distance at, at 19 years old doesn't last. But I loved cameras and photography. So I worked at that Dixon store and just it was a temporary thing, two months around Christmas. And they said, well, you're going to stay and I'm going to make you a store manager within six months. And I'm like, dude, I got to go back to school. Yeah. What are you talking about? And I'm, you know, I'm, I live in California. He goes, well, if you ever need it. And this was before internet and Facebook and all this. So two years later, I was actually born in England, but I we moved over when I was one. So I have this British passport, but I've lived all my life in California. I said, you know, I finished college and I said, okay, all my friends were getting a car loan, getting a job. And, and not that I didn't need a job, but, you know, just trying to rack into their life path. And I said, you know what? I want to go back to England. And, you know, I'd broken up with that gal, but I'd made all these connections that were tenuous after two years. And I, I placed a phone call, found this guy who is now a store manager somewhere or district manager, excuse me. And I said, hey, can I come over? You remember me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. I'm going to be over in like three weeks. Just took that leap of faith and had a place to stay for a month and had a job and worked that out into four and a half years living in Europe. (laughs) Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. So I I guess, you know, don't be afraid of taking chances. And and certainly it helps if you're young. (laughs) Well, that helps a lot. Yeah. You're not burdened with car loans and house mortgages and maybe children at that point, you know, get out. You don't have to be, right? That's a choice. You don't have to. Yeah. You can go out there and enjoy life a little bit, but more so, you did something that's very important, and that's networking and remaining in, in contact with people. Reach out to people. When you start meeting people, start that list, that list of people, because you never know when you might need to go back to that. I mean, I I contact people all the time that I haven't been in touch with for a while. And now, of course, with cars, yeah, and having talked to way over a thousand people, my Rolodex, if you will, to quote an old term, is quite full. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah. I get people all the time that reach, hey, can I, can you connect me with this person, that person? And, Ah, that's the way to do it. I mean, that's the way to go through life. You never know what opportunities might exist. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. God, I wish I could say it was something super exotic. But, you know, again, I've had some some fun, uh, as you say, don't have to be expensive cars. I had a ratty VW Scirocco when I was in England that we ah. drove all up and down. Somehow we made it there. You know, again, Car guys that know those cars, they're cool cars, right? Yeah. But this one was definitely ratty fun. I had a uh, Austin Healey Sprite after I moved back to the U.S. I would loved all those, that MGA and the Lake District. And I said, I want something like that here so I can afford a Sprite. Um, but it's probably that 510. You know, I basically, that aha moment of seeing what Pete Brock and those guys were doing with those cars, I pulled it in with a buddy into my garage. And, you know, uh, within a, a month, I had 
uh, got new springs, got wider tires, and started doing some of that work to it. Mm-hmm. And and then I would just, uh, you know, I, I went to school at Sac State, so probably through a few Brodies uh, up in Lake Folsom, <laughs> things like that. Now there's you know? a word out of my past, a Barodi. Yeah, <laughs> so you know that was that was fun. So being a seminal car, not expensive, but just a whole heck of a lot of fun. My college friends now that I'm still in touch with, who are very conservative, not car people, still get a little smile on their face when, man, I had fun with that car. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> well, you mentioned Scirocco. Now, was that Scirocco a first-generation Scirocco? It was. Yeah. It was. Well, my very first new car, I was in college, and I, I had my own business, detailing business. I was able to save up, and I bought a brand-new 1979 VW Scirocco right off the showroom floor. It was my first new car. Love that car. It was really cool. I had it for Many years, sold it to a neighbor. Um, yeah, wonderful, fun cars. I wish I'd taken more pictures. You know, back then it was all film stuff. And I don't know why I didn't take more pictures. I just can't find hardly any pictures of that car. But I do have a couple I shot when the first day that I bought it. And I put those gold basket weed BBS wheels that were so popular sure. back then. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. The what, car. What, what color was it? It was a dark metallic green with a tan interior. Oh, and, my gosh. And uh, had a guy paint, hand paint a Somewhat of a tan uh, pinstripe, two pinstripes down the okay. side that match the interior. And um, then with that, those gold wheels, it just kind of, it's the only green car I've ever had, I think. Come to think mine was mine was dark green as well. Oh, was now, it? Course, my, yeah, mine was, a, it was a rusty old POS, <laughs> but man, it was, uh, you know, but yeah, it was basically the same black interior though. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. And, and in England, nobody owns cars as much as they do here. So all my friends were taking the trains and stuff. So uh-huh. we would go take these two, three, 400 mile trips, which is, you know, basically the length and breadth of England. Right. And, uh, you know, they, we'd pile three, four people in there and God knows how we did it without a major breakdown. <laughs> Mine was really good. I used to drive that car up to Mammoth Mountain, which is about an eight-hour drive to go skiing. It did really well in the snow. It's just a, and I put bigger. Of course, you have to do bigger wheels and tires. Of course, that's sure. What we do, like the five ten, uh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Great fun little cars. Unfortunately, it got whacked by the by a drunk driver. The person I sold it to, his wife, uh, somebody hit her and the car died. Oh. But uh, she survived. But luckily, but the. The car. Let's have a moment of silence for the exact. Well, that's my five ten too. I I was in Shira- I was in college and it got stolen. Uh, oh no! A job and yeah, and I got it back, but it was destroyed and you know, sad ending for these guys. That's why there aren't many of these cars left anymore. Yeah, so. well, most of them rusted away too. So that's true. Bigger problem. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you wish you had back? You know, I don't know if I'd say there was one that I had. There's ones that I should have had, of course. Um, probably the one that I, I missed the most is my wife's father had was one of the he was part of the BMW uh, CCA down here in uh, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and he was actually the chief uh, instructor for the uh, you know for the racing part of that. He had a he bought a '72 uh, 02 that was red that was just gorgeous, like one of the first ones, right? Nobody knew what the heck it was in, right. in maroon back. And you're driving, like, what's this foreign car? And uh, within about three, four years, he bought a different, I think he bought a three something and a three series and then uh, turned that into a race car. And he became an Alpina dealer. So he had better access to parts. So oh. he put the flares on it, put the engine modifications, put a roll cage in it. And he raced that thing for years. He moved up to Gig Harbor. And when he <laughs> sold his place a year before I met my wife, they sold their place. They got rid of the car for a song. Oh. And that ha- 
oh, that has been sold three times since, and I don't even want to tell you how much that car is worth. And, and if I'd met her a year earlier, it'd be in our garage, and, and it'd be a part of the, all of our family, you know? Yeah, well, the one that got away. We all have those stories. Exactly. Mine is a 73 RS Carrera that I don't even want to talk about. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Well, there's the car. The yes. one that got away. I wish uh, I could see I had something like that. But yeah. Oh, so close. So close. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up today. I'd love for you to share a little bit about this new venture of yours, Ganao Auto Works, and what that's all about. Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity. So, um, you know, I've been doing my photography stuff forever, Ingo's Images. And, uh, you know, basically the, the start of that was I don't have the money to involve myself in really expensive cars or really, really expensive wine. So what am I going to do? It's like, well, let me go photograph stuff. So I worked with uh, winery owners, vineyards, private collectors of, of wine, as well as cars, you know, and all these private car collections. And that kind of how I took my photography skills I've always had and grew it. Since then, I've been asked to help people, you know, get their cars ready for sale. I've also seen a lot of people on social media coming up with cool t-shirts and other stuff that people just love and something different. I've had a few friends, we talk about friends we meet in the industry, who've uh, who said, you know, you really need to get into the auto brokerage side of this and really help people rather than just take the pictures and video, help them sell their cars. A lot of these guys aren't car guys like us. They like a nice car, but they don't know how to get rid of it. And uh, just, just throwing it up on eBay and... And, you know, on Craigslist is not the way to do it. So, yeah, basically, I'm just starting this. So I'm going to be as well as doing the photography and the video to properly capture a car so it can be sold anywhere in the world. And, and the uh, buyer can can either bid or offer based on solid knowledge of what the car is. I'm going to help these guys. And, and so I'm pretty excited about that. And then I've also got a few T-shirts with my designs as well as some posters of my artwork that you mentioned mm-hmm. that I'm going to be putting on the site. And um so it's kind of funny. So I don't know if you know the name Ganao, uh, what Ganao means or anything. Well, uh, share, share with us. Where did well, that so come from? My wife and I are thinking, what are we going to call this uh, company? You know, I'm in Oakland, uh, you know, and I, I have great love of the grittiness of Oakland. So I'm thinking, Oakland Auto Works, you know, that's kind of cool. It's regional. So then we go back. And my cousin, who I mentioned earlier, who lives in, in Germany and is a huge car guy, uh, we visited him last summer. And he's getting older and we don't, you know, we don't get time as much as we'd like to spend with our, our family and friends. And so we had this great time with him. And even though I know a very small amount of German, and I've been there many times, this time we picked up on Genau. And if you're ever in Germany, just listen, and you'll hear Genau everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what it means is exactly, or you're right, or there, you know, it's like, so somebody says something like, so Mark, great day, huh? Genau, you know? Uh, and yes, okay. The way they say it. Always with a with an exclamation, it's Ganau. And so you start hearing it. We were joking, you know, because now we're using our German uh, with my cousin. Ah, Ganau, Ganau, you know. Uh-huh. And so we spent all this time. And then you hear everybody else saying it. So we come back and we look it up and say, okay, yeah, I know it means, you know, like exactly or correct. You know, it's like saying, yeah, correct. And so I look it up and the um, the dictionary meaning uh, or, you know, what, what do they call the? It's not the real dictionary, but the urban dictionary. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Urban Dictionary says, yeah, the Germans use this as as correct or whatever, but it really means more like, hell yeah. It's like, damn straight, if I can say that. You know, it's like, (laughs) okay, you know. Ganau. So anyway, Ganau Auto Works, it, it, it kind of uh, talks about the passion I want to bring to this project. So I love it. I love it. And I love the meaning. It all works. It all worked. And of course, works. Nice how I fit that in there, wasn't it? W Auto Works, W-E-R-K-S, of course, the German philosophy and the way that's looked at. So uh, 
fact, I remember I had a works steering wheel on my Beck Spider that um, Ooh, John Wilhoyt built for me. So very, very nice. I love it. When will this be up and operating? Well, I actually have a basic website now. It's uh, it's Ganau, G-E-N-A-U, AutoWorks, W-E-R-K-S dot com. It is up. And probably by the time this gets out to your listeners, I'll have it fully up and running. So Awesome. Great. Make sure I put a link to that on Ingo's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Ingo. If you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? I should probably say something like a Ferrari 500 Mondial race car <laughs> racing through the woods of Pebble Beach, you know, with Phil Hill at the wheel, blah, blah, blah. No, uh, boy, I'd love to say that. But I would say probably more something like a, a good old Series 2 Land Rover, you know, um, okay. kind of rugged, handsome, going to get you where you need to go, can get you into just a little bit of trouble, but can get you out to, uh, you know, that, that I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Nicely said and very honest. That's what that, that question is all designed for. So I love it. Well, Lingo up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors that make this show possible. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. All right, Ingo, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, it would again be more uh, life lifeline, which is don't be afraid to challenge yourself. If something seems too hard, it maybe you're just not uh, not giving yourself enough credit. Out of your comfort zone is where the great things start to happen. 
Exactly right. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Wow. Well, again, I, I'm kind of beating the dead horse here, but it's the, uh, I'm, I try and do things for other people when I can, you know, and so whether it's just helping friends out, you know, I do a lot of stuff where I've, I've created brands and logos or done things for charitable car events, stuff like that. It takes a little bit of my time, but it brings joy. And again, it's a great way to, to make friends and, and lifelong people that you can go back to. So yeah, tr- do things for others when you can. It's just such an uplifting thing. My regular listeners have heard this ad nauseum, but I have learned after 1,068 conversations here with the inspiring automotive enthusiasts, the one thing that makes us human beings feel the best by far, is when we're helping other people, no matter what. It's a message that has come through over and over and over. So if you're ever feeling bad about yourself, number one, stop and realize what you're grateful for. It's impossible to feel bad when you're grateful. And two, go out and help somebody. You'll You'll feel so much better. It's incredible. It's a miracle cure. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources these days. Now, AutoWorks is going to be one of those here, but uh, is there another one you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, uh, that's going to be the, the key where I'm, do, I'm going to be putting some blogs up. I've also written for Petrolicious in the past, and I, I think that's a great resource for people, you know, talk about car lovers. Yeah. Uh, through my Instagram, which is Ingo's Images, I put up lots of great stuff. But yeah, I, I think just, uh, you know, in terms of that, just YouTube and and searching out, uh, whether it be Petrolicious or Jalopnik for uh, these great, uh, great car stories. There's so many out there. It's, it's amazing. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate to have many of those folks, Afshin Bania from Petrolicious on the show, sure. Dilopnik's editors. I mean, lots of great places to go. I mean, it's just the world is our oyster. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Wow. Um, can I make it a twofer? Of course. Why not? All right. Well, I would, you know, what? it has to be the combination of Phil Hill and Wolfgang Von Trips. Oh, um, yeah. And the reason this is, is the biggest, you, you talked about my illustration photography stuff that I do. My very first one of those I did was Phil Hill sitting in David Love's uh, TR in Northern California back in 06. And this was uh, unfortunately when he was, you know, get, really getting along with Parkinson's. And uh, so I created this print using my technique that I've honed now uh, over the years. And I brought it to the person who was running that event. And the very next year, he said, well, he's, I said, you know, I'd like to give the print one and, and give it to you guys to use however you want. Again, helping people. So, uh, you know, how, what did that turn into for me? Well, gosh, he said, well, how many can you make? I said, as many as you want. So we made a run of 15 and we sent it down to, uh, to Derek Hill and he got his dad to sign them. Oh, wow. And so we had 15 signed pieces. And then for uh, the Danville de Elegance, we sent them off to charity. You know, we, we did a little auction for them. Oh, sure. And uh, yeah. I got a picture of Phil the next year he was in a wheelchair so i got a picture of me talking about it he's there the prince there it was just an amazing experience meeting him but then sadly you know he passed away right around the next monterey uh, mm-hmm. events and then uh, so the tie-in to phil of course with the 60 60 61 formula one and wolfgang von trips is my cousin in germany happens to own a ferrari 250 pf2 cab which Ooh. was wolfgang von trips very car oh, that wow. he was given the year he died in fact it's a green car green's the theme here 
here. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, one of the only green uh, PF2 cabs. And uh, there are pictures of that car with uh, uh, Wolfgang's coffin on it and all Richie Gunther, uh, Phil, and all these amazing old uh, you know, or current racers at the time, obviously, right. that were walking alongside the car as a pallbearers. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so you know, I uh, so he's got that car. I've been lucky enough to go to the Phil Hill, um, excuse me, the Wolfgang von Trips Museum uh, in Germany, which is a small little thing. And I got to go to his crypt and I had this amazing tour. So, yeah, if I could get those two sitting in a room for an hour with a great glass of wine, I think it would be a pretty good time. Absolutely spectacular. Phil was uh, a featured guest up here uh, during a Sovereign event when I used to race vintage cars in the Pacific Northwest. And I I actually got to have lunch with him. I got to sit across the table from him and have lunch. My son was with me, and it was just a delightful conversation. Of course, Derek's been a guest on the show here uh, at Cars, yeah, and uh, of course, the wonderful book series that he produced just recently that has so many of those delightful color photographs that Phil took back when black and white was a prominent film in most cameras. Really bring brings a different life to everything. So having those two guys together, wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh, my gosh. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners that you found really enjoyable? You know, I kind of got to go back to Art of Racing in the Rain. Uh, (laughs) You know, you you just talked about it. It's a great, quick, easy read for anybody. You know, he went through a lot. It's, uh, you know, it's not all brightness and light in that book, but, you know, it shows you how you can come through it in in a way that car enthusiasts would do. So if you've got any budding car enthusiasts uh, in your lives, I think it's a great uh, book for a relatively early reader for somebody to to learn about the challenges you might face, but how it might come out okay. So, absolutely. uh, Stein's been a guest here on the show. That's the, the most recommended book here on Cars, yeah. Oh. It's also an awesome audio book. The uh, recording, the, the gentleman who uh, was the voice during the, the recording did a fantastic job, too. So if, if reading kind of gets in the way of your day, but you love to learn from books, grab an audio book. And I'll remind our listeners, there's a wonderful resource on the Cars, yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where you can go and Look at the well over a thousand books recommended by my past guests here, including this book by Garstein. If you want to listen to my talk with Garstein, you'll find it on the Cars yeah website. If you're going to do that, I would suggest one other thing. Uh, so, so he's been talked about a lot. Another great one for an audiobook is uh, Trevor Noah's biography. And oh, okay, uh, yeah, it's uh, Trevor Noah. It's it's amazing him growing up in South Africa, and it's called Born Born a Crime, I believe. And uh, it was an amazing look at. Uh, and I mean, he's a young man. He's thirty something years old, and uh, he has just just the life that he grew up being a mixed race person in South Africa is unbelievable. He does it with wit and wisdom, and I've read the book. The audiobook is incredible because he reads it, so highly, highly recommended as Born well. Born a Crime. I'll have to get that. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'll listen to that on my walks, my daily walks with Warden, my neighbor's next door dog. That sounds like a wonderful book to listen there to. There you go. There you go. All right, Ingo, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. You can only have one, though, in your garage. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, and you've got to drive it. No garage queens here. What can I buy you today and why? It might be my cousin's PF2 cab uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons, just because it means so much to us. But you know, I tell you what, for this purpose, if you're going to buy me something, how about an early 911 Outlaw? Not, not necessarily a singer, but some of these custom ones that these guys have done. So many people are doing great jobs with these cars oh, and yeah. a lot of ho- horsepower, a lot of fun. So so that'll do. That, that, that's something I could drive every day, you know? Yeah, I think so. And I've had some great folks on the show here, all sorts of different people that that build those types of cars. And of course, Singer's kind of the top echelon there 
Uh, thanks for not making me buy one of those because I think they're up around a three quarters of a million dollars now for those. Uh, yeah, cars. I was thinking five hundred thousand, but I think you're I, right. I think they're they've beautiful. gone up a little bit with supply and demand, but I'd love to have one of those for sure. But you know, there's RSR Project and a bunch of other folks that have been on the show here that build pretty cool outlaws. And, and the neat thing about it, kind of in the the vein of a Rod Emery and what his dad did back with the three fifty sixes, is. Uh, you can kind of do whatever you want, not worry too much, because when you're restoring a car to be authentic, there's all these little nuances and little things that just niggle you to death. But when you build an outlaw, whatever you want, it's cool. You mentioned Rod Emery. He's another one of those guys. You know, I was lucky enough to do a quick interview with him uh, for a Petrolicious article I wrote. And, you know, he's one of those born guys, right? Uh, yeah. Generations of car guys. And the stuff he does is so incredible. Oh, and, yeah. you know, not having that opportunity, that's never going to be the case for me. But just appreciating what they can do is is really amazing. So, And I'll encourage my listeners. Uh, Rod was a guest here on the show. Go back and listen to that show. He's a wonderful interview. And as you know, when you talk to Domingo, he's just an enthusiastic, creative guy. And just taking all that passion from his dad and his grandfather and just carried it on to all sorts of greatness. So uh, fantastic. Love to build you or have built. I couldn't build it, but I'll have somebody build you one of those. Ingo, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. And I, I know that you and I later this summer are going to get together. You're coming up here to Gig Harbor. So we'll sit down and enjoy a, a drink at the Tides or something like that. Yep. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that early 9-11 outlaw? Uh, well, as I'm driving away with my uh, foot uh, to pedal to the metal, as they say, I'd say don't be afraid to take chances. You know, uh, don't live your life in fear. Make friends. Be adventurous. And, uh, and try some things that, again, get you out of your comfort zone. Best words I've heard today. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you, learn more about Ingo's Images and Ganao Auto Works? You know, Instagram's a great place. I've got my uh, website, of course, too, but Ingo's uh, Images with, a, so Ingo, I-N-O-G-S, Images, and then Ganao, again, G-E-N-A-U, Auto Works with an E. I'm going to have uh, have Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all over the place. That's a great place to find me. Any of those, uh, whatever your social media or website, course of action channel that you desire, just look for me there. That'd be great. Absolutely. And if you missed any of those, just go to Ingo's Carja website, show notes page. Just go to Carja. Com. Type in Ingo. He's the only Ingo that's ever been here. So there you that's, go. That's easy to find. And you'll find links to all these cool sites. Follow along with what this guy's up to because I think you're going to be very excited. Hey, Ingo, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your many experiences with me and the listeners. This has been fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's Metron Garage. 
GarageBuildGarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.